there's a problem with Ireland historically with planning and this, that and the other, that, you know, there's 500 million tuned to get in. The money that we put in, you know, into locations, into the local economy, into local economy yeah. I mean, my my budget was a couple of hundred grand. That nobody actually teaches the location manager side of things. They never teach the, the props department thing. In the room, 52 Jokers Wild. Hi, everybody. It's another Friday. And this week, our special guest is Carl King, who is a location manager based in County Kerry. Ah, but he's not originally from there. He's like myself. He comes from across the water in that foreign country that uh, I can't remember anymore because I've just become an (laughs) Irish citizen, uh, which is really, really quite cool. Anyway, welcome to the show, Carl. We're fascinated uh, because you've managed to come over in the last couple of years and establish yourself in the film industry and start to make your own little waves as part of the film industry. Yeah. So I suppose what we're, 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 we've been talking to a number of producers about how they get on and start to produce films and things. What's your experience so far of what's happening in Ireland? Um, Ireland is, is a, I mean, it's a place full of amazing locations and amazing places. We've just spent the last five weeks running around just Kerry on its own and found the most amazing places um, on this film that I've been working on called Joyride. Um, but Ireland as a uh, an entity in the film world, we're understudioed, understaffed. Um, trying to get crew over here is an impossibility. Trying to get places, studios to film over here is an impossibility. But we've got we've got all the resources, and it's going to take a bit of time to get the crew up. But it's it's the writing's on the wall. The writing is so on the wall about um, Ireland being the go-to destination for the Americans that don't want to shoot in the UK. Um, and 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 generally, and any film that doesn't want to shoot in the UK, um, due to better tax break, well, similar tax breaks, if not better tax breaks, and um, especially down here in the regions as well. Um, so it's it's an amazing, it's it's a it's a it's a part that's ready to be mixed, but it's not fully mixed. There, we've we've got all the ingredients, but we don't have the stew at the moment. Um, what's the what's the basic issue you were mentioning there about? Um, uh, getting the crew up and ready, and there's yeah. a lack of crew. What was the what's the problem? What's the issue there that you're having? Well, it's like from my point of view, I came over here, I, I um, and I started working on this film um, recently, and I haven't done any location managing. I've been working with studio bits and pieces, which I'm sure we'll get onto later. Um, but in in the sense of here with crew, is that there's not enough crew members. That there's 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 film schools, if you will, um, that are producing directors, producers, and everything else. But there's no below the line crew um, trying to find people that. I mean, we 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 had to we're working at the moment. We're in Kerry College, and um, which is where I am at the moment. We've just wrapped, um, and we had a load of interns um, on us. Every single one of them wants to be in camera or, uh, assistant directors. None, no, not a single person applied to be on, um, as an intern for the locations department or the props department. Um, so it's a department which no one really knows anything about. Um, which means that unless you find yourself in and what happened for us, I ended up working with a, um, a guy called Will, who's from, I had to bring them down from Dublin. I had to bring another one down from Galway, um, called Christy. And then I had two trainees uh, that are part of the trainee scheme. One that we stole from production. 
um, and one that actually wants to work in it, but had only worked in Canada. So, you know, if you take that, not a single one of us has ever worked in Kerry. I came on board on this <laughs> or, or in the Southwest. Um, I came onto this job as well as an Englishman that's never filmed in Ireland, full stop. Never filmed in Kerry. Um, I just happened to live here. Uh, married a Kerry girl. So, you know, so that was it. So it, the, we had an, an English guy that hadn't filmed in Ireland, full stop. An Australian that hadn't filmed in Kerry. A Galway lad that hadn't filmed down here either. And two trainees that one had filmed in Canada and one that had never been on a film set in their life. And that was that was our team. Uh, we smashed it. Actually, I'm going to jump in yeah. there, Carl, because I'm going to... He's been rather quiet, hasn't he? I, know, I was quite surprised no, about that. How long was that? That must be a record. I thought I'd lost him somewhere. Oh, yeah, that must be a record. It is a record. He told me before this show, Garbert, this is an official film business podcast show. We want none of your shite about coaching and mentoring and making and your childhood adventures. But, but now, now we're see, back to normal. Now we're back, to now, we're back. <laughs> now we're back. Now, the great thing is, I love the title of the film because I nearly was going to be chomping at the bit coming in on that one. Here we have an English man going for a joyride in Kerry. Yes. You I mean, what more I mean, do you want like, in our life? The, Never. the hilarity is that we've ended up with English Oscar-winning Olivia Coleman as our lead star. A guy, a kid that was from Kildare. There's like, if you think about it, there's no, there, even the main cast, there's nothing that's down here um, in the main cast, mostly because no one could understand the Kerry accent. Um, but... Um, <laughs> um, ah, what was down there, Carl? What was down there, Carl, was that lit. You see, you... you I, I, in your little hello intro, mm -hmm. you touched on everything from the lack of um, investment in Ireland if it comes over. Yep. But it, actually, we know 500 million or so is queuing up and what they're queuing up for is space that doesn't yep. exist because they're the bigger guys trying to come in and get that tax credit. And you just said, I'm in Kerry, which is a 5% extra tax credit. It's in the regions at the moment, even much more attractive. Yep. Now, all the regions want to attract the, the actual money. What They can say what they like. They're trying to attract the money to the local region to be invested in the region. And on that base, they will do, they'll do little double backflips and do something that some of their locality won't. But at the same time, the money has to come into that country. Then when it's here, it can decide is a Galway carrier somewhere else. Now, of course, the film, like you said, you're, you, you're the location specialist. Now, I don't know who gets, the, you, you can see from the script, Right, this is what we need. And you're going, ah, this could be in Galway. If there's a, I don't know where the mountains are and the rivers and the valleys and the lakes. But if you need a river, valley and lake and a good little sort of circuit for that joyride, it could be Kerry, it could be Kildare, it could be Galway. So they're all going to compete. So now what we also know, and we think we touched on with yourself before, you might even get them to go down there and are living in tents because there's no accommodation. Yeah. So now the people aren't there. You're bringing the cast and the crew to there because... If they're trying to attract you in the first place, they might have a couple of local teams, but you'll suck them up immediately yeah. in terms of capacity. And what's coming is something big, not something minute. So you can drown a village with two. Actually, I think that happened up in Enniscary. I mean, they rebuilt the village. You know, I mean, for, for, for disenchanted or God knows what. It became a tourist attraction overnight. Actually, I think they'd actually left and they were still charging 10 quid for the car park and two quid for the bus to get into town. Yeah. And, and it was an extra three quid for the, for the cappuccino. And there wasn't even anything there. So, no, I mean, we, Ireland as a nation, you know, you touched on it immediately. 
I as an accountant in my past, you, you start to talk to my language in the middle of the mm-hmm. sentence. I'm going, ah, 20, it's eight. We only found out from talking to Frenzy Films that it's 80, it's 80% to 25% of below the line is your tax credit. And I said, Ireland's 32. And actually it's 37 if you're in Kerry with this man. As the accountant, we're, we're, we're between 12 and 17% more attractive than our neighbours if you said euro for sterling and everything else was equal. Yeah. I'm going, no accountant in the right mind on the planet will be queuing up England first, Ireland second on the base of money talks and bullshit walks. They Now, the same crew would have the same problem and same cast going, right, we've got to get fine accommodation. You, you touched on it. The se- you're bringing the people in the first place. Most of the productions here... They had to, I think they nearly had to change the rule because the below the line, below the line, they weren't getting the tax credit because they were bringing the staffing in. Now you're going, no, we want that money here. If we're going to lose 100% of it on the basis of the staff is now in the wrong side of above and below, I think they changed that because they want the money. They want the talent. They want to give the tax break. They want Ireland on the world I mean, the film yeah. stage. This, I mean, this production, if we're talking money, this production was a four million pound production. It's not a huge amount of money in, in the film world. Um, but a lot of that money, I mean, we, we did the math of it. Uh, you know, think of half the crew, if over half the crew was in hotels, we ate out every night. Yeah. We um, supplied loads that of tourism food. dollar. That's, you know, that's, that, that, that's not even the tourism. That's just our crew, you know, of, you know, eating out. Um, we were lucky lucky with covid um in the sense of hotels were slightly empty when we started this so we managed to get good deals um the film office down here are absolutely phenomenal i managed to get us great deals and bits and pieces with it um but like the money that we put in you know into locations into the local economy into local economy i mean my my budget was a couple of hundred grand um that you know locations budgets went in you know 70 percent of that went into local um investment local produce and local locations and um and bits and pieces but that's i mean that's the language we tried to get now with frenzy films and all the rest we're saying the language of film when you're an accountant is money the output of film might be content the content output has to have purchase you know to get to there you have to have the money to pay for the jobs. The jobs deliver the talent, the talent got packaged, and you have an out. You have something to sell. But that sell may never see the light of day and the investor might get burnt and, and it doesn't happen again in a sustainable isn't model. There, so, isn't there so, that so, thing in, in Hollywood? What, uh, of eight productions, uh, six, yeah. six, will, six will lose money, one will break even, and one will pay for the rest. Mm. You know, and that's the, actually, it's that's a blue model yeah. of sorts. You're going, it, what, it's, as you said, if you, were dependent on other people's money and you didn't have that little bit of cash flow, if the first one out of the door didn't work, you never got to number two. And that's why 80 or 90% of first-time producer directors never get to a second one because someone else is paying. If they're not selling their house and doing their own thing, that pushes them back to 30 grand. I've got 30 grand, I'll do a feature. That's not 40 jobs. That's someone eking a living, trying to get their passion. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's if, if, if it has to be of a size of 40 jobs and cast and crew and team and location, you're not, you're not going to pay for the petrol with 30 grand. See, I came into this industry not ever... I'm not a creative in that sense. I, I, I dabbled in, in making bits and short films and things back in the day when I was young and stupid. 
But um, I was never the one, you know, this is a job. This is, I'm not a film fan. I couldn't care less. I've hardly seen, I've seen the first three Star Wars and not the rest. You know, I'm not like, I don't know who in, I don't. I'm stopping you, Carl, because I'm going to forget this. You know. You're not a film fan. And I think when we met you first, your biggest boast was, I was Harry Potter stunt. No, I was a Weasley twin. Weasley right. twin stunt double. I, I was Weasley twin body double. Weasley twin body double uh, back in the day. But I, you know, I'm not, but I'm still, I worked in the industry. It was great because I was earning money. I couldn't care less. I'm a theatre kid at heart. That's, you know, that's where my real passion is. Motorsport and, and um, F1 and and theatre. And that's where I'd spend all my money, you know, um, and making theatre and watching work sport. But the, I, I see this as very much in a job. It is a job. I get paid to come into work. I get paid to to deal with the crap. But that if you have a, that's why a lot of locations aren't mad theatre buffs, especially in our department, because we're the department that deals with the real life world and the creative world. And we're the only department that ever deals with real life. Um, everyone else deals with their own little creative industries. But this is well. Now you're actually more borderline me, Carl, than than let's say George. Because if I was coming initially from the past, from you know, I get mistaken for for if I'm an accountant, they start thinking I'm I'm close to the investor, which is true because I can talk his language. But at the same time, there's let's say production accountant. So now you become budget controller, and you start going, "This is the money we have, and there isn't any more, and we have to get a return." for our investor and we have to get this done for this cost this is your wage this is your budget you got to live within it on a daily well, I, basis i must so i'm going to jump in there as well because uh, without knowing i i know i know it yeah. seems as though i'm i'm one of you won't get a chance otherwise no, I know, I know. <laughs> but i know i know i know you it's seen as though i'm a i'm a creative but what but most of my job i've been an editor or i've i've actually produced corporate videos and most of the time i'm actually fighting with the people that are either commissioning me to do stuff to tell them they haven't got the budget they need to do what they're asking for. <laughs> so most yeah, of mine I mean, is going to Yeah. And it happens <laughs> even on this size job. You know, yeah. there's so many budget constraints and, oh, we can't do that. What do you mean we can't? Like, we just don't have the money to bring on an extra three people, like, to do bits and pieces. You know, then, and we, we were understaffed. The whole, everyone was understaffed in this job. Where there was lots of hilarity of bits now, of equipment. There's something right there now. Are you going to be honest? Go on and go, oh, I don't know if that was a 16-hour day. And you're understaffed, which basically means you were overworked. And therefore, did you get paid? Did everyone get paid for every hour? Or yep. was the passion taken over? And basically, they got paid their day rate and then gave some above I, for the passion. No. What do you, what do you no, reckon? No, everyone was paid the hours they worked. That was, that was a, as per the contracts. This is a proper, Sabatica, who we work with, is a proper production company. They're well-known. Um, and also the head of um, the producers part of the uh, um, is the chairman of Spy. So everything was above board, and that's but that but that that creates its own problems. Bearing in mind that yes, we're all getting paid our overtime, great, but that means that creativity is lacking. We ha we can't have that crane in today because we're having to pay for extra security. It really is, you know, that's how it works. Um, but there's a, there's a creative you see i i actually like that idea because that actually generates creativity because there's a framework that people have to stay within and they can't yeah. go outside it if you didn't have that framework i think one of the problems is that people go wild and you're constantly trying to pull them in and say no your your canvas is this size stay within it if you yeah. can't do it this way find another way to um, solve that problem 
we're really lucky with Ema, our director on this job, um, because she was phenomenal and she she would she would she wouldn't compromise in sense, but she would change her ideas if that makes more sense. Yeah. But like if there was bits that didn't work or we just couldn't make it work for something, she'd go, okay, well, let's try this way. I don't think she lost anything. She was very strong on on this job that Kerry gets seen as because the film is based in Kerry. It's very much about Kerry, and she didn't want to just do a typical a low load of shots of looking straight on. That it's not just about the cast in this one. It, the, the Kerry is the fourth main character within the job. Um, within the oh, he's talking creativity now. He's got I do, I do get arty farty now, and he's loving the forty-seven shades of green of our. And it is no, no, that's great. That's a marketing tool for getting people yeah. to come to carry to actually go on holidays. You know so, so it's not creative; you know what, yeah. it's actually a marketing tool. Well, actually, that's back and, to the county councils and the region. That's exactly what this is. Ireland is trying to attract. The, tour, the, the the film the film dollar yeah. or the film the film punt where or film euro wherever it is the film money because film money is going to be it's going to be earned and, and spent and invested all in the economy it's going to create jobs it's going to put Ireland on the world stage just like Star Wars and, and, and as you said and it, then it's circular it's sustainable it attracts more now I'm going to go back to a little bit what you were talking about earlier on go if they know there's a problem with Ireland historically with planning and this that and the other that you know, there's 500 million tuned to get in, which equates to something like, you know, a few thousand jobs. And it physically, if they built the shed, it'll be full from now to the next 10 years. And those jobs, no, we have the next, we want the next problem of build a shed and then staff it. Because what that shed is, is a tax break per square foot for the next 10 years of Vikings and, and what our Star Wars 97. It's, it needs to be built. It needs to, this, this strategic building needs to go beyond building it in an industrial park within the confines of what's already there. It needs to build 500 acres or something and go, it's the next 10 years and 12,000 jobs. Yeah, absolutely. And that is the, the problem at the moment. Is I, uh, I, England is building studios left, right, and centre. The bottom's going to fall out. You can see it happening. There's yeah, no way yeah. that they can sustain that amount of studio spaces and that amount of crew they've run out of crew already they've, they're out of crew already building more studios isn't going to help them um and there's you know there's lots of the audiovisual agreement bits and pieces that you know once if brexit well as brexit has happened but if brexit gets involved with that agreement you know that will change a lot of bits and pieces as to where they're going to make this 30% of the well, that boy, that very sentence says if we had a bunch of cow sheds converted, they should they'd be moving over here. I, I mean, because we'd be the English speaking country within the I, European environment. I know that's, that there's a, there's a production going and they're moving into an old hotel that never got finished. That's the level of where they're going now. Oh, you know, wow. they're not they're not even building, they, they're, they're just putting in wherever they I think they filmed in some, um, I think one of the Disney's was filming in a in either the three arena or one of those type buildings. Um, in town, um, you know, they're not, they're, they're struggling for space, and but no one's building, and it doesn't make any sense to me. No one's putting the money yeah. forward. No, no, they're, they're, we're holding in on the word there, and no one is building. building. Who's this one? Who are we talking about? No. We're talking about an investor willing to put a hundred million into something that doesn't get paid till year 27. You know, because what he's not, he's not investing in film. He's investing in a big shed that effectively has a square foot 
foot price per annum. It's the, you know, if you look further into that, we know what's happening out there. All the, the big streamers are starting to reverse integrate. I, I don't know what the, the terminology is. Is They're back, we're taking over the market. They're going, we're our own best customer. We actually need to be building the studios, owning the studios, owning everything that goes into that, because as soon as we know we've 10 years of, of slate, and on that basis, we're paying markup premium on everything. We're the only customer and investor in town. Technically speaking, we need to build a shed. Yep. You know, and, and own it and put ourselves in it because what we're doing Which is, is very moving strange. tax break around locations. Which is very strange because Netflix and Amazon don't actually own any studios. Um, there's the, there's the Amazon the studio in LA, which is a very small studio space, but Netflix don't own a studio. Sony don't own a studio. Um, no one's owning these studios. The only ones that are owned are um, a bit of Disney. I bet they're all over Pinewood and they're paid at Pinewood. And a bit of... Um, and Warner Brothers, they're the only two that actually own right. studios that are the end customer. Um, which I feel so, fine. Well, if what's, what's going on with Netflix? Now, if, I don't know. Yeah. Why why aren't they building their own? Well, let's 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 just for a second go. We're gonna attract some investor to Ireland. What are we selling them first? Are we selling them film production, the riskiest thing on the planet? But that investor is making films. And if they're coming, because they already have their own sales and distribution, they want to, they're queuing in England and Ireland. And so if we just want to avail of this 500 to a billion of capacity that we know equates to jobs, the only way in is shed building. Or, or, or in my, you know, as I said, you build it, it can be a cow shed, it can be a data center, it can be, it's, it's the functional use of that space when plugged in is a, is a different use per square foot, a different rents per square foot. It's, it's it, what's it's, the minimum shape It's very much like the, in the self-storage industry. When originally the guy that built the first self-storage went into the bank and said, can I have some money to build all these things and people are going to pay me to rent them? And they were like, yeah, but you haven't got the long-term thing. And then he went back, he built them out of his own pocket and then went back a year later and went, now can I have the money? And they were falling over him. Um, and yeah. and it's obviously working in the UK because they are building lots of studios in the UK. I can't quite work out why it's not happening here. What are they missing that's here? I don't quite understand um, at the moment, but the writing's on the wall, it's gonna happen. They, yeah, you can build a shed, whatever you wanna call them. Um, they could be the cow shed, they could be the data center, and they could all be changed into other things. But th this is the, the short-term let system. It's the same as self-storage. We, we, you build a, a thing, someone will hire that space from you, or they'll hire those rooms as well, and they'll hire that, and then they'll hire the back lot, and then suddenly you've got a film production in. Um, we're just losing out on so much money from not having them. No matter, and and yeah. and it's it's really interesting. Like Stephen Davenport has just gone and to get the has got this amazing job in LA, uh, which I'm not jealous about at all. Um, going out to no 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> going out into LA to promote Ireland, grand. But where are you going to put all these productions? And it's oh, so no, worrying. The, like there, I love what you're saying because. You can go, you can sell, 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 and they go, great, great, great. And then you go, join the end of the queue, you can't get yeah. in. 
because the queue that's in front of you can't get in. And it's Amazon, it's Netflix, it's, it's Disney, hundreds of millions. It's Disney, it's everywhere. You know. It's Disney, and it can't, if it can't get in. Actually, I was watching a program called Studio 54 on Netflix last night, and, and when they, they, they opened the place, the fun was not letting people in because they were nearly in a frenzy going, you were nobody if you couldn't get in. And actually, you got in yesterday, and they wouldn't let you in the next day. Yeah. And now you're going, it, it's, it's that queuing system. Now, if... Now, never mind the queuing system of what currently can't get in, which is massive capacity and massive money, and you're competing on a national scale with Ireland and England, never mind anywhere else, then you're going, what about the five million down? That you touched on that subject a little earlier on going, these guys are sucking up any talent that's in the country for what did get in. And it's there for the next five, ten years like, based on a queue. Trying to find the crew for, for this job was mental because I was fighting against Two Disney productions, uh, Pilot yes, and Disenchanted, uh, right. who took uh, took over loads of ALMs. Uh, they had uh, Winks starting up. They had there's another couple in Galway starting up. I literally found people just because they were on uh, like like just in between jobs, or they delayed going onto a job for me, thinking I'll go with this lad. It'll be fun for five weeks and carry. Um, and it really was so that. It and, and it was yeah. there's another opportunity to have a talent pool availability that can plug in and plug out of yeah. because this this unknown it's this lack of planning capability. So even at the five million mark going, they'd like the production scheduler and the planner and the accountant would like to think they turn up for this timeline and we have all the moving parts. Mm -hmm. You know, there's physical parts. You're the location system. The, the, the tree is not going to move. The road is not going to go off to get a different job. Or it might do. We don't know. It might be Joyrider yeah. 2 is taking your road. But in the main, you're going, it's planning for talent to be available at a time to deliver on their ask at a budget to make this film. But if those parts aren't there, there's all these bottlenecks. What has been interesting about this production is that it's, it's taken 11 years in the making. Um, that, that's interesting that, because I know that um, no. several of the other films that we've been looking at and talking to people about, they've taken seven years each to actually get developed as well. Um, and I'm not sure if that's just, and they, they've got into this kind of way of thinking that, uh, oh, well, that gives us plenty of time to really form the script and the story. But one of them actually then turns around and says, yeah, but if we'd actually got the money straight away, we could have made it into the movie anyway. Uh, and that was the biggest problem. But are, are most people being forced to, I mean, I know that the Screen Island people were talking about um, they want more producers, writers and directors. And I'm sitting there kind of going, that's tough. What about the editors? What about... You know, what about, what about the ADs? What about the props yeah. guys? What about the sparks? What about the All those art people. directors? What about the designers? What about the location managers? You know, they're below the line, if you will. It's just empty. And there's no one building. The, the problem with Screen Islands, and I love Screen Island, don't get me wrong here, but the problem with Screen Islands is they, um, like a lot of islands that I've noticed, is they are very much about... Well, Carl, stop now. We're going to use a new language. The opportunity no. for screen... Right, no, 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 no. The problem with you is Screen Islands. <laughs> <laughs> and the problem is, is they love the big um, credits. They love being having the directors. They couldn't care less that I'm the location manager winning awards or whatever, you know, or not winning awards at this rate, but do you know what I mean? Uh, they couldn't care less about the assistant directors. That they've, they've got the most amazing team of assistant directors that I worked with recently. And... They, they can care less about them because they're not headline winners. They want the headline winners. They want the Oscar winning or Eftas or whatever. I mean, that's... But um, isn't the problem there now, by definition, 
that's the that's the chicken and egg conflict because if the big guys are coming in they're not giving those jobs to the locals no. they're bringing those in yep. therefore the very thing the screen are and all the rest of them are asked for we want more opportunities for women director producer this more producer director opportunities we want someone else to pay for them to have the opportunity to win an award yep. and be and be irish and we're going sorry that's an investor Given an investment yeah. to bring in the team to make but the this film. Is... It, at, at the different level of, let's say, the five million down, there could be an opportunity there for someone more local, but they have to attract that investor to take that risk in. Them. But this is That's what the you, big thing I think. This is what you hit on earlier is that Screen Island is very much about. There is, there's two sides to the film industry there's the creative winning awards, getting the directors, writers, producers, getting the awards, and then there's the business side. Screen Island is very much on the creative, arty-farty side. They did invest in this show. I know they did. They're one of the supporters of the film. Um, so, you know, Richard, the arty-farty, great thing, and they're trying to push the regions. And, you know, it was great to work on the regions out here. I mean, what they gained, they probably lost. Well, they lost them, they gained, um, in working out here because of having to bring crew down. So all that extra tax break money that they had ended up in hotels and everything else. But the film was created for Kerry and the director was very strong about that. And we were lucky to have such a director and a writer. A writer was a, a truly native and the director was really strong about coming down to Kerry and making this in Kerry, as opposed to running around the Wicklow Mountains, which every production's done for the last five, ten years. Um, but this is the thing with Screen Island. They don't seem to understand the business side and the creativity side. And, they've, and they, they just, we need to push the business side a bit more, which is the employment yeah. of locals mm -hmm. uh, in jobs that aren't the top jobs, that aren't, they're going to be the Oscar winners. But if you in, if you bring those in, you will create those further up the line because the people like me will slowly creep up the ladder and we could end up being producers and, you know, and you'll get then, you'll get your credit as your Irish producer. Actually, that's now reflecting what we were talking to. Was, um, was it John? The, you're going to remember the name again for me now. Jonathan or, Brownlee. Um, I mean, but go, let, let, no, can I a, just jump in there a second to go? Right, because one of the things that yeah. I think is important is when I got into the film industry, yeah, we all wanted to be uh, directors and things like that. But we were basically told, put your feet on the ground, lad, and realize you've got to work your way through the system. And by working through the system, you'll understand how all the component parts work. And then you'll be able to make a better film. But if you're coming in as, as somebody that doesn't understand those processes, you're either going to waste money uh, because you don't understand what's actually really going on. Uh, and, and that creative spirit, you'll kind of go, I'm just a creative. I can do things. But again, one of the biggest problems is a lot of those creatives, they don't understand how to work with frames. And I know it sounds daft, but I work with frames. <laughs> I'm a frame. I literally work with frames. I edit them. <laughs> And I know that there's a process and there's a there's a way of working that that means that you can guarantee that you've got a product that gets produced at the end of the day. But a lot of these guys, I mean, I've spoken to writers and they 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 won't follow, they won't conform to what they think is a system because they think it upsets their creativity. And I've actually said They're to a lot of those the people, opposite way. Yeah. Well, well, I'm actually saying that no, you know, be be more structured in what you're trying to do. And there's where your creativity comes in to work within the limitations that you've been given. And I think that becomes a, a kind now, of powerful George, thing. I'm going to jump in and go, the issue at hand half time, because we're talking to all these yeah. people that wants, if, if it's not your money and you want someone else's, 
then you've got to deliver something to them for what they're asking for. That's be the investor or the employer, right? Now, the pro what you were talking about earlier on was we physically have jobs that there's no one to put in the seat. Yeah. So we're not going to worry about these people that want to be, you know, giving out about because they're in demand. They, they can, they're dealt with somewhere else. The issue we're having currently is we haven't got the space for thousands more jobs. Actually, if we had the next problem of thousands more jobs, we don't actually have the people yep. that are there for yep. those jobs. We've got to invent people. Now, we actually, like, like the construction industry and all the rest of it, people have left it based on previous like, you know, recession this and credit crunch that. And, and now we have pandemic going, I'm not even going to leave the house. I'm going to do work from home yeah. on Amazon Prime. Oh, yeah. So now it's a case of we have to attract the talent into these cogs in these wheels at the level that Carl is talking about being, there's a bunch of jobs that are not as sexy as the others. They're not the creative. I, it's my film that's going to be made for 5 million. I'm directing it. I'm directing a 5 million something. The 5 million something is 40 to 100 functional jobs doing stuff. Those jobs have to exist. Yes. And they have to exist near the localities being attracted to, because if they're not there, you're bringing them from somewhere else. They have to want to work on that thing at a day rate that's meaningful, because otherwise they'd be sucked up into a, into a larger reduction that says, I'll give you your market rate. So some market rate will be negotiated down for, I don't want nosebleed. I want to be closer to the film. I want to be in a smaller knit crew. I want to be able to influence and be go a bit more holistic. So I'm loving what's going on. The industry, and Ireland is a prime example of it, there's so much content demand now. It wants, first of all, to go where the money is got the best value. Then the value of money has to be translated into the best talent and the best imagery for the story trying to be delivered. That's the game of film. But the functionality is the happy people in the middle have to have a well-paying job that they can go home and pay their mortgage yep. and not be yep. doing nosebleed yep. hours. That, so yeah. the middle in the middle that the opportunity is that Carl is saying is we know the producer directors are there. They're all gagging for someone to give them an opportunity. But the ones in the middle are the jobs we now have to create and bring capacity to and retrain and cross-train and attract, which as it be a Sparks, be a location, be a cameraman, be an editor, we've got to create that capacity and it can then be sucked up by big or small budget. But in neither case, it can go neither direction because it doesn't actually exist. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the things that, I mean, what's also interesting is that uh, Carl was talking about uh, sparks and the likes of, and I know that one of our local electricians <laughs> actually works on a lot of films and then goes back and does some of his spark jobs because the job is the same job. It's just that one's a different gig and it still pays the money. And, and, I, and I was talking to a guy that puts in windows, and I know this sound, it may sound daft, but he's talking about the business of putting in windows and how it works and how the industry works. And he's got 40 years working at it and the, and the process. They George Formby's grandson, I think it was. He had a ukulele Absolutely. as well. But I think, I think what's important <laughs> is that a lot of the film, so-called film students forget that the businesses that they're, maybe their, their parents have been involved with are skills that can be transferred more readily to what the film industry needs as opposed to going off and being able to write a script. And as, as Garvin has actually talked about quite a few times, there's hundreds of scripts out there. You could almost build a house in the scripts that are available, but they won't work with the cement. That's the problem because they can't bind them together. And that's, that's something that I think is, is really important is, is how do you get people to understand the functionality of the way these systems work? And then what's the cost of doing that? 
and is, making it real. This is the problem is no one's tra- teaching this. I, I never got taught it. I did it on the job. I started off as an extra and found myself in locations. Um, and I did it on the job. There's no film school for location managers. There's nothing like that. Um, and that's where the problem lies is that there's not enough um, people or space to be doing anything like that. Um, and people don't know. They really don't know as to what the what's available and what's really out there. Like the guy that we ended up with on this, they'd never be the one lad never even known what locations was. He didn't apply for locations because he didn't know what it was. He just found himself in this department and now wants to work in it, it you know, for the rest of his life. Um, but it's so you were a very good mentor on your first out. Well, it's 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 that. more of he was the right type of person as well. Like there, there is a certain type of person that, that works in this location as well. But um, it's also that he realised that you get well paid to doing a fun job. You're out every day doing different yep. things. I'm, and I am I, I'm not tonight. I'm incredibly well paid for what I do, um, and I'm very lucky for that. But um, you know, there's not many 34 year olds earning what I earn. Uh, making films and doing what I'm doing. But the thing is, is that no one really knows about it. it they, you know, um, look, we're looking at doing other training courses and things to try and get more people interested. But when you go to college, I, I went to a media college a very long time ago, and all we learned is camera editing mm-hmm. and yeah. directing. And that was yeah. it, really. There was nothing about what an assistant director does, what a props to man, a, a storeman does. What a, and these are all high paid jobs. You know, what a spark in the job. What, you know, you might get a gaffer occasionally, but what just a normal spark does, what a Jenny Op does. Um, and all these sort of different, um, even costume design, yeah. you know, you, they're not really there. They're, you're not really taught them. Um, and they're huge parts of the industry. You know, what, what a props, ma- uh, a dressing props guy does. No one really knows until you do it. Um, and they're all really pay, well-paid jobs, and that's what we're missing in the industry is those yeah. middle-ground people. No, what, what's interesting here again is, you know, we're touching on there's loads of jobs. Actually, there's loads of different types of jobs. Yeah. There's loads of jobs of the same type of job. Actually, if we can attract the money in, there's more of them because it's difficult for what's already there, not for what's trying to queue to get in. Yeah. You suddenly end up with the more money you get, the more departments you get. You get special effects, you get visual effects, you yes. suddenly get stunties, you get action car drivers, action car, you know, people that are mechanics that are now working in action cars, you know. Now we're moving from the million up to the to 100 million and back down again. So let's well, no, say that was, we're, we're, we're going from... that was just in the five minutes. Yeah, stage. exactly. We added up the special effects. Obviously. Well, I know, I know there's a guy that um, is an engineer and as part of his, just as his hobby, he started building drones and then he, he became a pilot because uh, you know, for, for any film to be able to use a drone, they have to have a, an official pilot. So he now trains pilots. But he's got into that little bit of cinematography now just because of a hobby and because he was an engineer. And again, those it's, it's having an engineer or a mechanic that can fix things while you're on set <laughs> can be quite useful. Yeah. And they're things that most people tend to forget. How do you solve those kind of problems? You know, if the car yeah. doesn't work, how do you fix the car so it can go in the next shot within the next 10 yeah. minutes? Well, what are you going to do next, Carl? I mean, okay, you've done that one. <laughs> what do you see is the next opportunity in the Irish industry for you? Because actually we're back to the very beginning of the conversation. You didn't come over here, mate. I know you're married to an Irish woman. You went where you were told, yeah. the right like the rest of <laughs> yep, us. Same so as me. You, did, you wouldn't have known what Kirby was till you found yourself there yeah. because of some Irish lass that says, 
this is where me mammy lives. This is where I'm yep. going to live. This is where your kids are going to grow up. You can feck off or you can come over. <laughs> it's up to you. So now you're here. So if you want to keep that traveling distance away, you're going, you're now, you, I, a great thing is you have a service that's going to be in demand for the foreseeable future in this country based on your specialism. So you're a subject matter expert in demand. You're going to get well paid and there's no real competition to you. Even if you don't know the country, you know the process. And that's brilliant. But I mean, you also can see more of this is, could be here. And that's what they want. We want to attract more money to the regions. Now, the bigger ones can't move there if they need to be on sound stages. You know, so it's the, the what can be go to the regions quicker is this one to five million space of quick 10 week or something that can be deployed based on locations that are going to meet the requirement of the shooting schedule. So it becomes a game of, right, if you had all those pits beforehand, th those could be every other week of the year. If plan if the right planning was done and six of them were lined up in a row, but the but but the problem is the sustainability of certain jobs at a certain level. They go off and they go. I'm on. I've worked. I've worked for six weeks and now I'm being fired. You know, and I've got to go get rehired. Some fit it in for you because they're in demand, but others maybe in the middle age upwards are going. I'm I'm, I'm doing six weeks a year rather than six weeks and then stop and go back in again. So there are different markets of you know of talent that's there operating at different levels of pay. and Because actually, when talking to Donna Phillips of the International Film Production Group, she said there's 20,000 members and the big two, the two biggest subjects in that whole group in England and reflected in Ireland is, give me work, where's the money to invest in me and my script? Well, that, there's the big problem because it was taking seven years to develop a film. M many of the producers and directors and writers are only getting a payday every seven years. So they have to yeah. go off and do something else. Otherwise, they can't afford to live. And that's that's the daft thing, really, when you think about it. But they, like, if, in my advice to them would be go and find a job in locations, go and find a job in props, go and find a job in grips, because, A, you're on set. Go and be an extra. That's how I did it. And standing in the middle of the whole set, you're getting paid to be in the way. You know, you're getting paid to be part of it. Um, and you learn a lot more on that than you will ever learn. Sat that you get to sit watch the most amazing DAPs. You get to do. Directors. You get to be close yeah. to doing. And, yes. and no, like no director, or very few directors, if you will, will be able to understand how a set actually works until they've been on one. And the only way they're going to get on one is either being a director and being given a fluky chance, or going on to set and doing something else in another department to then watch the director. And like we've got an assistant director on this job who's now going off to be floor manager of Russell Ruin because she gets nearer the point of wanting to be the director because yeah. she gets more chance of seeing directors and what they're doing, how they're yes. doing it. Well, that, that's um, a key thing because I know that as a, I started off as a trainee assistant film editor and then became an assistant film editor. And I got to work with at least 40 different editors over a certain period of time. But when the industry became digital, you as an editor then were working on your own. So you didn't get a chance to, to interact with other people. Um, and that's where the beauty of going on set and doing all these different roles is, is so important because it gives you that chance not only to get the experience of being on set, but networking with other people so you can see whether other possibilities actually turn up, which I think editors don't get a chance to because they, they're not networking in the same kind of way. And I think that that's an important part of, of being on set somewhere even from um 
I mean, I know my son, my eldest son was also an extra uh, on a couple of projects. He was in The Fall and I forget, uh, Game of Thrones. He, he was in Game of Thrones as well. And he said he had, he had a great opportunity because he came back and then fed me information. <laughs> and we were doing comparing notes about what I do and what he does. And, uh, and I went, oh, there's, there's, there's some interesting information there. We should try that out as well. So again, it's, it's forgetting about being, it's, it's that ego thing, I think, stops a lot of these people going out there and trying things, whereas they could gain such a wealth of experience that they could apply you've to their to own projects. Your, I know, I'm, I'm very egotistical. I'm very much a big ego. Um, but you've got to leave that at the door. And you've got, yeah. to, you know, my ego sits at being the location manager, being the best I can in my department, or being the best assistant location manager in, in the country or whatever. That's always been my game, is being the best unit manager, being the best assistant location manager, being the best location manager. Um, that's where my ego sits. But if, you know, one day I'd love to produce, I'm not denying that fact, but I'm not stupid. I gotta go, I'm, I'm terrible. I'm smiling to myself here going, I am the best. There's no one else anyway. So by definition, I'm also the worst. Yes. No, I, 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 I do think no, though, I the film industry, yeah, the film industry is such yeah. that you can work your way up through different stages in your career, as your career path because you have the energy now to do what you're currently doing. But in 10, 15 years' time, you may oh not God, have I'm that doing energy. Location managing like this yeah. in 15 years' time, hell no. No, um, so you, but you can actually create different. a plan for yourself of where you yeah. want to actually go within that, which is really what I'm doing here now. I'm kind of going, yeah, I, I loved editing, but editing's now. That, that I want somebody else to do that. I, I'll move into a different section. And, that, and the film industry creates that opportunity for you to do that and bring your skills with you uh, in, in whatever way you want. But I do think the most important thing for sustainability is not necessarily the director and writer and, the, and in many cases, oh, the producer. It's, it's finding another niche area that you can provide some kind of service that generates income. And, and again, as Garvin keeps talking about, helps the investors. Our director on this was an editor. She started off as an editor, assistant editor, and then moved up to editor. Um, her husband's actually editing this film as well now. Um, but she started off as an editor and then went into documentaries and won yeah. an Emmy for her documentary that she did. Um, and then, so this is her first feature film as a director, you know, in drama. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you wouldn't know it, you know, because she's been around. She's seen the editing. She, see, she knows how documentary yeah. works. Yeah. She know, so... She, she tried a different way and that it's fine. Try different ways. You know, if you're, if you want to be a director, writer, producer, grand, but look at editing. Cause that's, that's where the story actually is made. You know, yeah, and yeah. if you want, if you, and if not, if you want to be, um, you know, if you want to be a producer, look at ADing, look at locations because we're on the same path trajectory. Well, I, I think uh, what's, what's also interesting because Garvin's about to come in in a sector and I want to bring him back in on the thought that he just now had because one of the things that I am now adapting to is a different way of thinking about working in the industry. And, and that's where working with someone like Garvin who, who's come from the accountancy world and is actually thinking about how, how does the money make money and what is it that you do and also the fact that I no longer have to do everything that I thought I had to. And that, so there's a, there's a, so the last two years, although we've been talking, has been a, reprogram, a reprogramming of me to think a different way so that I can still be involved in the film industry, but not necessarily doing the things I thought I needed to do to be in, in part of that. God, I mean, you come in there now because I think that's what you're going to talk about, wasn't it? You were going to start to change the way we no. thought. <laughs> actually now I am but uh, I mean actually no it is a bit of both it leads on to both because what we were talking about shortly where I was trying to get in was you know here's someone that 
has six weeks of editing, you know, the particular thing. But then they had to go off. They were married. Actually, both of them were editing. Now, if they're not working for someone else and had an editing job, that because we don't know they have a mortgage. The problem here was they had to get work at what they sell as a talent. And their talent was editing. And they were doing it for years, 10 years, possibly. They went through different iterations and they worked in the industry and learned their skill of editing. Then they saw, while there, I can do other things. I can write that. I can do it better because I know what it looks like this end when coming out and how to influence what goes in. So I see, see that they start going holistic on it and realizing what else they could do. But they had to take themselves out of the functional job of now going a different risk path. So uh, did they stop? Were they still working at something else? Because unless they raised the finance out, they didn't, they mortgaged their house or they, they, they got money from somewhere, that five million came from somewhere. That isn't theirs unless they won the lottery. So what happened there is they went on a different story of pitching functionality, talent, believability of delivering on something that should be functionally good and aesthetically good and have a good chance of winning X, Y, and Z based on something. They went on a different story pitch to someone else. And that someone else empowered the whole machine because there's 50 of these stories queuing up. That's what we keep on coming back to. There's 300 writers in Ireland, three get to do a short from Virgin Media or wherever else. What happened to 297? What happened to the top 10% of the curve that just went back to the queue and don't ever know unless they sell their house or because what they're carrying in their hand is a 5 million budget to be seen. That, their, their fee out of that could be 30 grand of story script. They could be 80 grand of production uh, role or producer director role, but none of it exists in the absence of the 5 million of someone believing in this film having an audience. And that's where it keeps on coming back to me that the opportunity is there to create much more genre films, arty this. It's for the ones that look, that you know there's gonna be an audience and it can be made for a price and 40 people have jobs and we know who they are and where they are and when they're available and what they gotta get paid. But we are gonna finance films. We're, go we're gonna attract them. We're, we somebody needs to be the investor. And the investor at this level is the hardest thing on the planet to find now, because two years ago, the research says it's left the indie production market because it doesn't know how it's gonna get paid. The, the territory rates have gone down. The time on the, on, on the channels have gone down. If it doesn't win in a week, it's at the bottom of a queue. If the Netflixes and Amazons are in control. So it comes back to how do we, how do we attract this money? And because this is the empowerment well, how we, how we attract it. I'll tell you how we attract this money. You've got Olivia Coleman signed on. Yes. That attracts the money. There we go. And that came out via our director writing to her and saying, you're perfect for this role. And that's how that happened. The director got, got onto it because the producers wanted a female award-winning director. Okay. So, right. so she, did a, she directed um, The Fatherist, which is a space documentary, and she's just done the um, Philo mm -hmm. film. That's um, just come out. Phenomenal. Go and see it. Um, and that, uh, those are documentaries. That's how she got to this point, you know, mm -hmm. by dealing with Olivia. And that's how the money came in because you had now got an Emmy Award winning director. Right. The money was attracted to the A list. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and you got an Emmy direct winning director and it doesn't matter if it's a documentary but still emmy winning yeah. and you've got an oscar winning um, actress the money no, in. in your belief now here's an interesting one carl because we were talking to genre making filmmakers there last week 
if you took out the A-lister budget and you took out never happened never right happen. there you go that investor market was going I mean, I'm willing to hedge my bet based on an A-lister director producer award winning something on that basis you can attract my money now but that pitch at a 5 million had you took out A-list and all the rest of it would that be a 3 million budget a four uh, million? what was made. the extra you budget made this film on, I mean it was tight on what we did have but you can never yeah. made this film um, we, were, we, we had 42 43 locations we had roads, we had traffic control everywhere. There was six different cars, lead cars, you know, up and down roads. Well, I'm not saying yeah. you couldn't make the film. I'm just saying, you had you attracted the money from somewhere else, yeah. would the film be a four million film versus a five million film based on an A-lister versus C-lister? If you, if you had a, a lower member of cast, you wouldn't have got the budget. Yes. And the, 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 okay, the A-list cast obviously took a huge wedge of money, but they brought more money than they took. Um, no, we don't know that yet because is the pre-sales there? Yeah, we, we, the we have pre-sales and distribution already. Right, there's the thing. So it's a hedge bet. It. Yeah, start. it was. Yeah. It, it's yeah. it's we're 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 um, we're we're it got, it's Embankment, who's the distribution company. So they've already got yeah. the deal on that. Uh, we're signed up to Sony for one region. We're signed up to um, Vertigo for another region. And the rest, and with the only region we haven't sold to is America deliberately, as far as I'm aware. Well, there you go. It's weird. The weird mm. thing is, the end-to-end holistic is the investor is attracted, but he's also saying it's A-list, this and the other. But I want to see pre-sales the, sign up and distribution yeah, as well. But the A-list, the A-list was attracted by a decent script and a Emmy award-winning yeah. director who's lovely, and that's how that worked. It's in in like the whole of this world. It's not what you know. It's who you know, and there's no yeah. winning on that unless you're hedging your bets by trying to. The, the way you know, I got this job, be able to watch it. You know, right. the way I got I got this job was via Screen Kerry. You know, was the film officer from Screen Kerry. It wasn't because I've got a great CV. You know, it's because she said there's this lad down in Kerry who's a location manager. He's worked on a few things. Yeah. Give him a try. You know, now and there's then, a bit before you end. You had to get the know to get the know yeah. to network yeah. for her yeah, to you know have to you're network. the lad. You have to talk to these people, otherwise you're never going to. You got to network to get one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you, you know, and it's hilarious. At the end of this job, everyone's going. So, what are you want to next? Is there any positions for me? You know, it's and it's still happening. Yeah. You know, we're we're, we're uh, three days and um, five days after wrap now. We wrapped on Saturday, um, or over a week ago now, and um, we. We, um, so are you turning down five offers now from the last pub chat? But no, well, I've turned down one offer. I've turned down one offer, um, which I was meant to be up in Dublin. Just in, uh, I'd rather do a week and wrap up here with the family. Um, but like, I get, I'm very lucky. I get to pick and choose what I want to do. I'm, I'm in that position of life. Um, but you have to be. It's not. It's certainly what not what you know. I. And, this is all very it's going back to the same thing of being rights directors you could be the best director in the world but unless you have yeah. a way in you know yeah, you have to absolutely. know the what see the gas thing is once you're functional then you're just the same as everyone else now it it's has so to be easy personality to, and who it's so easy nowadays to get to know people and especially with linkedin you know that's how yeah, we, yeah. we met by linkedin um you know getting to know people in uh just by you know, Googling. I Googled Screen I- Kerry and Screen Island and started getting to know people and going, oh, I'm, I'm a location manager. I've been on this. I'm looking for some work. Give me some work. You know, um, that's how I dealt with all the stuff with Black Hole. You know, 
I like got to know people on the studio world because I LinkedIn message people. You just put yourself out there. There's no harm in it. All they're going to say is no thanks, goodbye. Yeah. You know, um, and you know that's what it is. You've got to know people. You've got to chat to people. Sometimes it comes to nothing. You know, you you go down a path and nothing happens. Grand. But then other- there's another saying out there: you're only as good as your last gig. I don't. I disagree with that one. There's so many people who are shit as hell um, in this industry, but because they've got, well, I suppose because they've got Star Wars, they could be crap for the whole job and got fired for it. Because they've got Star Wars written on it, they're suddenly getting the next gig. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, I've worked on The Crown. It's a great title, but no one really knows how good I was on The Crown apart from the my references. You know, who luckily are my mates, and I, I felt I was quite good on The Crown. But yeah. you know, that's. That's what it is. Is no, no one really like I, when I started this. I'm here. I'm hearing fake you till I make fake you till you make. <laughs> Black your way through it. Black your way through it. Black your way through it. And especially with this, and especially with locations, blagging is the the best thing you can ever do. <laughs> You've got to chat to everyone. You've well, in to- Ireland, if you don't, that's the only thing they respect about you. If you're a blagger, if your thing is, if you're not blagging, you're going. You're nearly not going to get the job. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's that's the that's the game. I mean, but um, no, no, it's it's actually what I like about the fact is, is you're in Ireland. You've come here. It doesn't matter how you got here, but you don't need to fake it till you make it because you're you know you've already done yeah. it. And the the thing is, you're going to keep on doing it because there's this country is growing in terms of content that needs to be made. It's in demand. It has the attractive tax breaks. So if you're here, you're going to have work. If you don't have work, there's something wrong with you. So it's, it's more you just didn't put yourself out there. You didn't network because the work is there. There's lots of it. It's just whether you want a job or whether you want to be involved in these smaller productions. Yeah, so absolutely. but we want to have you know help make more productions, create more jobs, create more opportunities, and, and basically train the, the, the talented people to give them the opportunity to be those producer directors, get that budget and get that investment there to make that happen. So we're very excited about the industry. Are you as excited about your opportunities in the, in the industry in Ireland going forward? Or are you going to be moving into Formula One, Formula Two anytime soon? Uh, no, I, I love my motorsport. I love my theatre. But that's, as I said, I, I, that's my passions and my enjoyment. Not in, um, not, this is a job. This is, you know, I'm well paid for my job. I've been well paid for many number of years. Ireland is where, like, it, I could go back to the UK and get a job tomorrow. In the same way I could be here. But though I have a better lifestyle here. Yes, yeah. I get fresher air. I'm 10 minutes from the beach in Kerry. You know, I'm so lucky to have what I've got here. And, and you can joyride with a get out of jail free card, but it sounds of us, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, it was great. You know, it was lucky. It was great timing with everything that was going on in my life at that point, you know, and it worked perfectly to come onto this job. Um, but I wouldn't leave Ireland now. I'm here to stay. Um, no, I'm going to translate. Well, actually, let you go. Sorry, Garvin, no, no, go no, if you no, want. <laughs> right, Garvin, what I'm going to do, I, I, unfortunately, uh, I mean, because I think there's a really, that's a really good place to actually end the, the, the show because we're coming to the end, unfortunately. We've been going for just over an hour now. So I'm going to try and do a little wrap-up of what we were discussing during this show this week. Um, which, Good luck with that. Well, I know. It's actually quite, <laughs> it's quite fascinating because we started off with uh, the fact that Carl has actually come over from England to here and is working as a location manager. We got into the, the fact that a lot of the problems that we're having now is that or most people want to become producers, directors, or writers, but they're not realizing there's a great opportunity to come into the film industry if they want to be location managers, first ADs, 
and, and all the practical areas where people need to keep this industry going. And it's not just about being the creative. It's the functional things that are very, very important. But Carl also mentioned, as I also discovered when I was at college, that nobody actually teaches the location manager side of things. They never teach the, the props department thing. Although we did actually, uh, uh, on the course I did, we made uh, a set and we built models and we did all sorts of things to make the films that we wanted. To. So we had some experience, but a lot of people don't get that. And I think one of the biggest problems that we've got nowadays is because most media classes are full of computers. They're not like a little mini studio they're just stuck playing around with editing software or some 3D thing. They're not getting a real-world experience, which is what they, they should be doing. We also got into studio spaces and how those studio spaces are being bought up or being built. And as Carl mentioned, at some point, like the retail industry, this is all going to go flat because it can only do so much. The other problem is that they're not getting the people to come in and fill the jobs because there's a, there's a, there's a demand for them, but the people just aren't there. And, and there's a there's a, um, a short sightedness really on that aspect of it. But I think also part of what we discussed today with Carl was the fact that this is a job for him and it's about family life and family things are more important. I think Carvin and myself are actually thinking that as well. And that this is a job. It's not some kind of dream fantasy thing that people want to get into. And really, if we start to see this as a job, then the reality of, of getting in and finding work and doing the work becomes more beneficial. We also briefly discussed the fact that as your career progresses, you slow down and there are other areas that you can eventually get into and the experience that you've gathered over the years can allow you to have a more holistic view of that film industry. And I also think that uh, Carl said that he enjoys being here in Ireland because he has a better lifestyle than he does over in England. And I would agree with him because I've been here for 37 years. Really, that's that's the kind of wrap up. Any last words, Carl, just before I pass over to Garvin? Uh, just if anyone that wants to make a film, go and be an extra. Go and be on set. Just find a way. Be a runner. Find a way. There's lots of jobs. There's lots of places to go and find them. Go like even if it's working on someone else's film, you you know you start making your way up, and that's the important thing. Be but get paid for it. That's the other thing. Think of it as a job. Until you get to the creative heights, think of it as a job. If you're not getting paid for it, it's not worth doing. Believe me. Brilliant. Um, now, Garvin, you just triggered how I got into this industry. Yes. I went to be an extra with my son. And I told that story on a couple of the other shows. And what it led to was, they asked me what I did. I said I was an accountant. They says, oh, you must know some investors. Then they said they ran out of budget. And what came to me was, by the end of the conversation, how do I get into this industry that I'm not just an extra? Let's become the investor. Let's raise the money. Let's create the school and the academy. Let's create the jobs. Let's solve some of those problems. Not all of them. Let's create a micro industry of in of micro industry production financing. And that to me is the whole holistic. And then George appeared. So that's the journey I'm on. And it started from being an extra. Same here. So yes. I started being an extra and I found my way up and through the career path, you know, being in the right place, the right time, the right height, the right look. Um, 
So are you an extra, George? Are you just, I, are you just I, extra? I, I was an extra at one point uh, in my career when I went on set to talk to a producer and a director, and I actually solved an editing problem on set while being an extra <laughs> uh, because to do with crossing the line. It was going to cause all kinds of problems. So I actually whispered in the director's ear, if you do that, the editor's going to have all kinds of problems. They said, aha, let's just change the shot and do it from over here instead, says the director. Nobody was embarrassed, but it solved a lot of problems for the editor. So, yes, I was an extra at one particular point, about 20 years ago now, uh, in the mid part of my career, uh, and it helped me then organise what I needed to do for a film that I then made a short time afterwards. So, anyway, we better say cheerio, because that's all of our wrap-up time, and we've been here for about an hour and ten minutes so far. So thanks very much, Carl, for being with us. Thanks, Cheers, Garvin, guys. for your input as well. And uh, look forward to seeing you all next week, next Friday. Bye for now. Bye. Extra, extra. Extra. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed this video. Please subscribe and click on the bell for notifications.